Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Tuesday, May 28th, 2019. All right, exciting program ahead. Now, you may have already seen it on YouTube. If you haven't seen it on YouTube, it's a good place to watch it and to listen to it. Explain in a minute here. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program that dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible and compare, compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. No shortage of crazy things being said out there. We take the time to open up God's Word to compare and contrast what the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over and again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that's put forward for consumption by the average evangelical, far from biblical, far from what God's Word says, and it's just generally a mess out there, talking about how messy it is. Uh, We uh, frequently cover the nonsense that is being pawned off as biblical teaching, preaching, and practice and manifestations of the Holy Spirit out there in Redding, California, Bethel Church in Redding, California, where the Apostle... Bill Johnson is, uh, you know, holding court with the prophet Chris Vallotton, and uh, they have uh, a school, the the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, uh, that uh, you know supposedly for a large price, very large price. <clears throat> Think sin of simony here. Uh, large price will uh, teach you over a three-year period how to operate in the supernatural and perform miracles and nonsense like that because that's not what's really going on. They're trafficking in false signs and false wonders. Case in point, earlier today I had the opportunity to interview Lindsay Davis. Now, if you're not familiar with Lindsay Davis, Lindsay Davis attended last year, last academic year, uh, the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and uh, I like to call it Hogwarts. And uh, and she got a copy of the... um, the, uh, 
American Gospel documentary, and God opened her eyes through it, the fact that she was uh, being deceived and that uh, Bethel wasn't preaching the correct gospel. And uh, and she's she spent five months there, <laughs> five months, um, you know, you know, even after she had her eyes opened, and she was in, uh, eventually dismissed uh, on charges that she was dishonorable. Well, I invited her onto the program, and uh, earlier today we uh, had the opportunity to talk and for me to interview her. And uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to play out that interview. If you haven't heard it, it's worth listening to. And it's also available. i got to plug our, our Fighting for the Faith YouTube channel here. It's also available on our YouTube channel and uh, you know where you get to see our faces and stuff like that. And uh, that's, that's another worthy way to, uh, to uh, listen and watch this interview. But um, in the meantime, let's get to it. Here's my uh, interview from rec- recorded earlier today with Lindsay Davis, and we're calling it Lindsay Davis and the Escape from Hogwarts. Here we go. On the line on Skype, I have Lindsay Davis. Uh, she is uh, the gal who, after watching the movie American Gospel, the the documentary, uh, I happened to be in it uh, near the you know like the last third of of that. Uh, but uh, after watching it, she her eyes were open. God opened her eyes, and she realized she was being deceived. And of all places where she was, she was at um, the, the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Now, I moving forward, we'll just call it Hogwarts. Uh, and and so she uh, has been set free from this. And uh, you can if you you know look her up on YouTube, she's done several interviews along that line. And I've invited her on because I really want to talk a little bit about her experience. Uh, funny enough, there's some overlap between things that she experienced and I experienced, although I never went to Hogwarts. I was in the latter rain movement. Uh, but her coming out, now the question is, how does one pick up the pieces after they've been deceived so profoundly uh, in, in, in ways like this? And I mean, how, how, you know, d- does this rock your faith and, how, you know, and things of that nature? Uh, because there's so much deception going on, the, dealing with this type of issue is quite important in helping people uh, to come to grips with the fact that they may be attending a bad church. And um, and you know the question is, what's next? What does it cost you? Um, you know, funny enough, it, it can cost you relationships. You can be shunned. I mean, there's all different types of tactics used by people to keep control over others and make it so the cost is so high they can't even leave. But I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me let me bring Lindsay on to the program and and unmute you. There you go, Lindsay. Hello. Thanks for coming on, fighting for the faith. Uh, I've uh, watched your story uh, and uh, kept an eye on it. You know, since we first heard uh, about you, you know your eyes being opened, and uh, I got to give you at least some props because you stayed at Hogwarts for five months. After yeah. after God opened your eyes to the fact that this this was bonkers, how did you gut that out? Yeah, well, after I watched American Gospel um, and my eyes were open to the truth, I was sick to my stomach and didn't sleep for three nights. And I was really at a crossroads where I had to decide what I was going to do. I was either going to leave or I was going to stay. And I would have been completely justified in leaving. But I did feel this overwhelming burden for the people there to see them repent. 
um, and come to true saving faith in Christ. And so I prayed about it and the Lord really just gave me the strength to stay as long as I could Mm -hmm. um, before I got kicked out um, to preach the gospel to these people and call them to repentance. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it was really just the grace of God that like gave me the strength to stay that long. It was definitely not easy. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was really torturous, actually, if I'm being completely honest, Um, because once your eyes are open to the truth, the way that you experience things and the way that you see things and the way that you just go through um, the, you know, Hogwarts process is just so different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was really bad, but so much good came from it, obviously, and still needs to come from it. Right. Now, a couple of um, ways I want to go here as we still kind of talk about your Hogwarts experience um, number one, we'll go kind of to the end. Uh, were you kicked out for false doctrine? Were you kicked out for blaspheming the Holy Spirit? What were the charges that were brought against you? Um, the primary charge brought against me was the fact that while I was still in school, I was calling out these false teachers, Bill Johnson and Chris Valentin, on social media while I was still attending the school. And You know, the reason that I did that was because, you know, the Lord gave me this platform with a lot of people that followed me. But I mean, almost everyone at Bethel Mm -hmm. followed me on social media. And so it wouldn't have been feasible for me to have one on one conversations with every single person at Bethel. So I was going to utilize this platform for good to hopefully try and make these people see the truth. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was doing. And so when I got kicked out. The charges were basically, you know, calling out the leaders being dishonorable. Um, that's a huge thing. Their culture of honor. Yeah. And so I was being dishonorable. Um, and, you know, I was speaking out against false doctrine and demonic practices. So, yeah, that's why I was kicked out. And, you know, they tried to reason with me. They tried to get me to stop doing what I was doing. So in a sense, they were almost giving me chances to stop what I was doing. But I told them, you know, I can't stop speaking up about this unless you stop preaching false doctrine and, you know, practicing demonic things. So, yeah, um, it's funny enough. I mean, you were there shortly after we we covered the connection between Bethel and the people down in Australia, Christ Alignment, who came up with this, these tarot cards. And, yeah. and and they're giving people, you know, like, you know, tarot card readings, claiming that they're being powered by the Holy Spirit. And and at first, Valentin uh, denied this and thought, you know, this is completely wackerdoodle. See how the discernment people have no discernment. And, and it turns out that there was a complete connection there. And the mother of... <laughs> Of the, uh, 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 well, let me put it this way. The person who is involved with Christ and Alignment, she's the mother of like a famous guy who's a, also a Hogwarts grad. And, and, and so, you know, these connections are bizarre and their practices are not, not only they're not biblical, I mean, they cross the line into the reading of omens, into the occult type of practices. Uh, they've somehow baptized and blessed if you can even say it that way, um, you know, uh, the practices of new age people and psychics. Um, were, was this like some of the stuff that they were teaching you at Hogwarts? 
they weren't necessarily teaching it to us, but in your second or third year, you can go on these little like short-term mission trips. And um, some of them would be to psychic fairs. And at these psychic fairs, they would set up these tents and they would not use the terms Father, Son, and Holy Spirit um, to lead people into encounters, but they would use the phrase spirit of creation, um, which, I mean, if you're familiar with Hinduism, that's also something that they say. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, they, I've also seen friends of mine um, who attend BSSM in videos with, you know, uh, Jenny Hodge from Christ Alignment, um, yeah. and they were doing these destiny cards. And also Teresa Deadman, who is in charge of, you know, the worship and the art and all of that. that yeah, world. yeah, we covered she her destiny pants. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. it's ridiculous. The prophetic pants. It's prophetic, you know, spandex, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just bizarre. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, <laughs> it's so crazy. It's, it's, it's absolutely bonkers. I mean, and, and they defend this idea that somehow, you know, you know, God, you know, can use their artwork or their merchandise for the purpose of, you know, some kind of spiritual enlightenment bonkers. Now, when we talked, um, I don't think it was last week, it was the week before, uh, you had told me that uh, as part of your class assignments, you went on a, in a, you know, you went and did evangelism out in Reading. And, yeah. um, and you were actually sharing the gospel with people. Like, can you tell us about that experience? Because I think this is one of those ones where it's just super disjointed uh, between the reality there at Bethel and uh, the biblical reality of sound doctrine. Yeah, absolutely. So just to, to preface this whole thing, um, one of my most memorable uh, experiences in the evangelism group at Bethel was, um, you know, when I came out of deception I was still close with a lot of the people um, at Bethel. And so I asked one of the leaders of this group if I could speak in front of this evangelism group. It's about 80 people. Um, and there's Bethel leaders in there and whatnot. And um, so I got up and I basically said, listen, we've been false prophets preaching a false gospel and making false converts. <laughs> and the whole, I mean, you could hear a pin drop in the room. I can't imagine why. So, yeah. So I said, listen, if you don't know the gospel, here it is. And I shared the gospel with them. And I had two people come up to me afterwards and say, Lindsay, I just realized that I've never heard the gospel in my life. And they're at a supernatural ministry school and they're being sent out to share the gospel, but they don't know the gospel. That's and so unbelievable. Really yeah. So, I mean, um, what, what what role does the gospel play at, at Bethel? It doesn't play a role really at Bethel at all, because evangelism is all about power and experience. And yeah. power means, you know, walking in miracles and signs and wonders. And Bill Johnson, can, you know, says over and over and over again, if you don't have miracles while you're preaching the gospel, you're preaching a powerless gospel. Yeah. And what an offense that is to what the word of God says, saying that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation, you know, and the gospel isn't a demonstration um, of, you know, miracles or signs or wonders. The gospel isn't 
you know, this, this lovey-dovey, Jesus loves you and wants a relationship with you sort of message. You know, it's a message and a call to repent and believe yeah. in what accomplished on the cross. And so, you know, while I was evangelizing one time at Bethel, it was right after I said all of these things in front of my evangelism group. I was out evangelizing and I was talking to this man who was clearly very high um, on drugs. And, you know, I was sharing the gospel with him and explaining to him that none of us are good. None of us can attain righteousness on our own. We need a righteousness that's not our own. We need to be saved from our sins. We need Christ to change us. And this girl in my group just kept saying to him, you're just so amazing. And Jesus just thinks you're perfect, counteracting everything that I was trying to explain to him. And so when we were done, I walked away and I pulled her aside and I said, listen, if we're not going to be preaching the same gospel together, we're not going to be able to evangelize together anymore. And, you know, she went about and did her thing and I did mine. But we definitely did not evangelize together after that because that's not the gospel. No. We're not perfect. And, you know, we know that we need a righteousness imputed to us that is not our own. It's Christ. And, and you, you know, you think of Jesus' own words. You know, Jesus, uh, you know, as he's getting ready to go to the cross, says to the disciples he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of sin and unbelief. And uh, so you're out there telling people they're sinners in need of a savior. And uh, the Bethelites uh, from Hogwarts are out there telling people, oh, you're wonderful. You're the bee's knees. God just loves you so much. Here, let me do a magic trick for you. I'll lengthen your leg and you can see the power of God. Yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah, and all of that comes from John Wimber. Back in the day, John Wimber used to teach this thing called power evangelism. And, uh, And this, you know, and... You know, I'm sorry, but Bill Johnson is right in the stream of John Wimber and and this nonsense. And over and again, you can go to Scripture and you can find you know examples in the Book of Acts where there were no miracles you know, presented, and people were brought to penitent faith in Christ. You think of the jailer at the, uh, you know, in Philippi. You know, there there's Paul and Silas. And, you know, after being beaten illegally, you know, they're 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 doing something quite ordinary, you know, singing hymns. Have you heard of this idea? And uh, and so this guy is hearing the gospel uh, in the hymns. Uh, There's an earthquake. The chains fall off. Nobody leaves. And uh, and this guy says, what do I got to do to be saved? And and Paul says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a second here. I got to do a magic trick first, because otherwise I can't preach the gospel without without (laughs) power. You know, and then you think of the the one time, you know. Uh, Paul breezes into a you know a pagan town and uh, and heals a guy and they think he's uh, you know that they think Silas is Zeus and and, and he's you know like you know, Hermes or something it's just nonsense and so they're they're going to sacrifice sacrifices to them thinking that the, you know the the you know the Roman pantheon of gods you know two of them have showed up there in the flesh and uh, and of course when Paul says no 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 we're not they decide to stone him instead yeah so those miracles can get you in trouble you know I'm just saying so, right. Right. And it's not to say that if that God, and I want to make this clear, like a lot of people think that this is some sort of debate between continuationists and cessationists. And that is not the issue here. Um, You know, the issue isn't if you believe that all of the spiritual gifts are for today. That's a, you know, a secondary issue conversation that we can still have. But the issue here is that 
you're belittling the word of God, you're not standing on the gospel message, and you don't understand what it means for someone to come to saving faith in Christ. Yep. That's the issue. Yep. And also, you know, they're not practicing. If, like, let's say that all of the gifts are for today, including the apostolic gifts. They're not practicing them biblically. So if we took, like, the gift of tongues, for example, you know, worship leaders will stand from the stage at Bethel and say, everyone sing out in the spirit. And literally, automatically, it's like everyone psychosomatically starts singing out in the spirit or singing in tongues. And where are the interpreters? Everyone's just singing in tongues and there's absolutely no interpreters. And, you know, Paul says that if you don't have an interpreter, it's better for you to remain silent. And everyone in a church is not supposed to be singing in tongues at the same time. So if you do believe that all the gifts are for today, are you practicing them biblically? That's the question. And are you elevating and exalting them above the gospel message? Because if you are, that's idolatry. Yeah, yeah. No, they, 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 you know, they're just looking for that next wave of the spirit to surf in. You know, and they go cowabunga, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your experience, uh, you know, prior to uh, American Gospel, and then I, I want to talk about, you know, how how does one, you know, kind of backfill. Uh, you know, you know what you're missing because you know clearly you have you know, you know God through His Word opens your eyes, and you and you realize, oh my goodness, I've been deceived. And you know the question is, where do you go from there? But prior to that, I, and this is where uh, you know there, there's some similarity between your experiences and mine. When I was in the latter rain, I mean, I got whisked up into this thing, uh, and so I, I'm in my early twenties. And, uh, at the time my wife and I were engaged and, um, and, you know, we were, we were thinking that, you know, we needed some super powered Holy Spirit power to kind of supercharge our sanctification because, you know, we just felt like we, we weren't measuring up. Of course, it has everything to do with the fact that we were hearing the law all the time and never the gospel, um, and so, you know, we decided, you know, the, the solution was we, you know, jump into the charismatic movement and uh, where we landed, you know, was a part of the uh, the latter rain. And at that time, uh, they had said that prophets had been restored and they were prophesying the future restoration of apostles and uh, the the uh, church. If, and I'm using that term really loosely. Uh, the church that we were attending, we had a prophetess over us. And um, over and again, you know, they were very much pressuring me to receive uh, this, this baptism of the Holy Spirit as evidenced by speaking in tongues. And it, it just wasn't working, you know. I mean, you know, and you talk about hours and hours and hours. And there were so many temptations to just say, I, I internally, I'm going to fake this so they'll leave me alone, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, so right. I, I, and, 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 and of course, internally you're sitting and going, how come they have this thing? And, you know, and I'm you know basically begging and crying out to God, you know, I want this too. And, and I, I'm not getting it. And, um, and, you know, so you had some similar experiences. You, you, I mean, you, you arrive at Hogwarts and, and the manifestations, you know, so-called of the Holy Spirit all over the place. And, and you want to be a part of it and how, how'd that work out for you? Yeah, um, it really didn't work out for me, um, you know, and 
just to preface again, a lot of people will say, oh, you know, she didn't experience what we experienced. And so she's just hurt and bitter. And that's not it at all. I have absolutely no bitterness in my heart um, about not experiencing uh, what other people have experienced because, you know, I've since realized from scripture that these things are not God, they're demonic. Mm -hmm. Uh, So praise the Lord that I didn't experience these things. But at the time, it was really confusing um, why I wasn't experiencing what everyone else seemed to experience. So at um, an evangelism meeting at school, one day there were people sitting in a corner breaking out in what they call holy laughter. Um, which is just basically uncontrollable cackling. Um, And they literally would not stop laughing. And I, um, just to be vulnerable, like I'm someone that has always like had, um, you know, I've struggled with depression. So I was told that, you know, if I could receive this holy laughter, then I would have the joy of the Lord and I wouldn't struggle with this anymore. And so I went and I sat in the middle of these people for literally 45 minutes because I was convinced that this laughter, whatever this anointing was, was going to fall on me. Mm. And these people literally were sitting here pointing at me and laughing because nothing was happening to me. And so there was that. Um, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I prayed for the baptism of fire. And if you're true, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do that. (laughs) No, you don't want to do that. That is judgment. Um, But I was told that, I know, it's horrible. (laughs) I was told that it was speaking in tongues. So I'm like, be here praying for the baptism of fire. And praise the Lord, I didn't receive the baptism of fire. But yeah, yeah. I felt like, you know, I kept asking for all of these things that everyone else was claiming to experience and I wasn't getting any of them. And so, you know, I went through these stages and these ups and downs of feeling like, you know, God is doing this for everyone else but me. What if I'm not loved by God? Mm. What if I'm not really saved? Yeah. And it was like, it was mentally torturous. Yep. Because I didn't, I didn't want to even like, think about the fact like what if I'm not really saved and like what if I'm not loved by God and you know it was just really hard um but I was in a class called developing intimacy with God with um one of their leaders and women pastors Leslie Crandall Mm. and um she was going to teach us in that class how to hear the voice of God And I was told that because scripture says that I have the mind of Christ, that I can think God thoughts. And so basically, I began to think that every thought that I had, if it was even remotely, you know, scriptural, or if it just, you know, didn't go against scripture, that it was literally God speaking to me. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that class obviously, like, brought just complete ruin to any, you know, uh, you know, anything left in my theology that was even biblical. Like I was just like off the edge at this point and saying, you know, God's saying this to me and God is saying this to me. And I took it to the internet and I made this post 
about all of these things that I claim that God said to me, which I was fully convinced at the time that he did say these things to me because I was told that I could have God thoughts and it got around 100,000 shares. So all of these blasphemous claims in the name of Christ are all over the internet and it's super embarrassing now. Yeah. But, you know, what I meant, you know, unintentionally for evil, God meant for good. And so that platform that I received from that, he's now using to share this story, Yeah, which is so crazy. Um, and, but and, yeah, those and, are some crazy and for sure, for sure, that was a breaking of one of the Ten Commandments, taking God's name in vain. I mean, to literally yeah. take your, your sinful thoughts and attribute them to God is blasphemy. I mean, just straight out. And, yeah. and, and so, I mean, call it what it is. So, you know, and I'm glad that you said that they were blasphemous. And yet yeah. the gospel says this, that Christ himself, he took your blasphemies on him and he bled and died for them. So that you Amen. could be forgiven and pardoned. So he became the, the blasphemer for you. So that, yes. you, know, so that you can uh, be one who's kept that commandment properly. So, Amen. So, yeah. And sadly, I've committed all kinds of blasphemies when I was uh, <clears throat> in the charismatic movement. All right. We're going to pause my interview with Lindsay Davis right there and uh, get back to it on the other side of the break. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackandfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at pirate Christian. Quick break when we come back. The balance of my interview with Lindsay and her escape from Hogwarts. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Gibberish is not one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough of this sissy, frenzy, turning photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. It's... Marty Python's Flying Circus Church. The management of Marty Python's Flying Circus Church would like to apologize to all of our listeners. Normally we do parody here at Marty Python's Flying Circus Church... Unfortunately, due to unforeseen circumstances in the current miserable state of the church, uh, we can no longer parody the church because the church just parodies itself. For proof of this particular concept, uh, we now present to you um, the uh, Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey. I'll tell you, three weeks ago, we did a Friday Night School of the Spirit, and we saw 12 people heal the Word of Knowledge and 40 healed during the Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey. Let's just go ahead and do that and see what the Lord does. You guys okay to do a little Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey? Can you lead it? 
right, Brian's going to lead us in the Holy Ghost Hokey Pokey. You can... Put your right hand in, put your right hand out. You put your right hand in, you put your right hand out. You put your right hand in, you dig your right hand out. You put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. You put your left hand in, you take your left hand out. Put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. You put your right foot in. Take your right foot out. You put your right foot in. You take your right foot out. You put your right foot in. You take your right foot out. Put it in. And you shake it. And you shake it all about. Oh, you put your left foot in. Put your left foot out. You put your left foot in. You put your left foot out. Put your left foot in. Put your left foot out. Put it in. Shake it, and you shake it all now. You take your whole self in. You shake your doing the hokey pokey at first with the arms uh, nothing nothing real effect but then as soon as i just start we start doing the whole we'll put your left foot in your right foot in both of my knees you know one at a time i could just feel all of a sudden it's like there was no pain i said you said start checking yourself i just squat that's awesome thank you lord for new knees in jesus name come on come on um, I've had back problems most of my life, and a couple of we- about a week ago, my back had gone out, and it was somewhat better, but it was still sore uh, up until today. And when we did that hokey pokey, and she came up and testified, all the pain. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Let's do it. Shake it, it, all about. You put your whole head in, you take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. You put your whole head in, take your whole head out. Now put it in, and you shake it, and you shake it all about. And you shake it, 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 and you shake it. And exactly how do ye know that she be a heretic? She be endorsing the health and wealth heresy. Does he be speaking the truth? Jesus died to make us rich. (laughs) And what exactly do we do with heretics? Oh, we throw them in the boo box. No, no, no. We preach the gospel to them. 
what if um, the heretic doesn't repent? Then we throw them in the boo box. is to heretic, to R is to pirate. Get yourself over to www.piratechristianradio.com forward slash Refermanda and purchase yourself a copy of the game Refermanda and join the fight for the faith today. Hey everyone, it's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society and it's, it's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. Somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee, and it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Yeah. Now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to gillespie.coffee and get some. That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out! Bum, 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 bum. Na, 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 na. All right, we're back. Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that there are no real manifestations of the Holy Spirit at Bethel and Reading or at Hogwarts. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith 2 into the world. And you can partner with us. It's a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and then Quartermaster at $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you would like to make a one-time contribution, you can do so by clicking on the Donate button. And if you would like to become a patron on Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. And if you'd like to support us the traditional old analog way, you can do so. All you have to do is make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. Here is the balance of my interview recorded earlier today with Lindsay Davis and uh, her uh, time, experience, and escape from the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, also known as Hogwarts. We continue. 
All right, so we've kind of sorted that part out, the God thoughts nonsense. Good night. I mean, other issue. Uh, how how many thousands of students does Bethel have, and from how many different countries do they come? Um, in first year, which was my class, there was fifteen hundred people, um, and then in second and third year, there's probably a thousand in each class. So I mean, that's around you know four thousand, but there's nine thousand people in their congregation, and then just at Bethel. As a whole, there's over 60 countries represented. Um, so, yeah, I mean, people come all over the world to go to Bethel because, you know, it's viewed as the Mecca of Christianity. So, yeah. So when they, you know, get back to all of their different 60 countries and uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, the implication is, is you're supposed to do supernatural ministry once you arrive back as a graduate of Hogwarts. Um, and when you do, uh, that means you're on the leadership staff of, um, of different churches around the world. They are, and, um, that can't be a good thing. No, I mean, people come here to Bethel to be equipped to be a revivalist. And so when they go back to their home countries, basically they're expected to bring whatever this revival is. Um, back to their home church and um, the, you know they're expected to change their church culture they're supposed to bring this kingdom culture to their church they're supposed to bring these teachings and this power to their church and so basically like they're being sent back home to make their churches like Bethel and obviously that's terrifying yeah so, yeah yeah yeah, it's like a cancer, so or a virus or something like that. Yeah. Wow. Now, when you think that your thoughts inside of you yeah. are, you know, are God thoughts, um, that just sounds to me like a formula for playing the God card regarding your sinful desires. Um, when yeah. I was in the latter rain, there were people in the uh, church that I was a part of uh, who were using their God thoughts to uh, basically try to justify sexual immorality. And, uh, yeah. and nonsense like that was, did you experience anything like that? You know, God told me this and, you know, and it's, you know, you're, you're my soulmate or nonsense like that. <laughs> um, I didn't experience that at Bethel, but I got a taste of that before I actually came to Bethel, which is interesting because I was in this, you know, more apocalyptic end times sort of, um, I, I would call it a cult. I would call it Bethel a cult, if I'm being completely honest. But, yeah. um, you know, this cult was also what you would consider hyper-charismatic. And the pastor of that cult um, said that he was a prophet. And he told me that God told him that I was supposed to be his wife and that we were going to move to Africa and evangelize. And then I would be martyred. So, yeah, I mean, I was preparing myself to die because of this word. Yeah. Yay. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yikes. That's frightening. And he was married, I'm sure. He was not married, but he was old enough to be my dad. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, that's – you kind of made the point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you watch American Gospel now. You watch American yeah. Gospel, and the light goes on. The Holy Spirit actually, the real Holy Spirit, convicts you of your sin and convicts yeah. you of the false teaching and the false practices. 
And, you know, so day one, how on earth does one get their bearings when they realize they've been deceived on such a high level? Because, I mean, you ended up staying there for five months, but you, you, had, to fi- you had to quickly figure out what you don't know. I mean, that's kind of the hard part of all of this. It's like, okay, I know I'm being deceived, but the question is, what do I don't know? You know, and, and how and where do you go to get the resources to fill in so that you can, you know, it, make sense of the Bible, but also of your own experiences? Yeah, um, I felt like my whole world was falling apart because I had built everything that I believed in on, you know, these truths and these miracles and power and whatever. And so when all of that came crashing down, it literally felt like it was the end of the world. But at the same time, it was like taking a breath of fresh air. Um, So even though it was really, really painful, it was like, you know, I feel like no matter what, like I'm on this narrow path now of coming to know Christ for who he truly is. And that's all I wanted. That was the desire of my heart. And so even when I was deceived, you know, I wanted to know Jesus, but I was led astray by this false doctrine and um, the appeal of what Bethel is doing. And so, you know, when God opened my eyes, it was really refreshing, but I didn't exactly know where to start. And so I looked up every single person that was in American Gospel And I started listening to, you know, Paul Washer and John MacArthur and John Piper. And um, then, you know, I I would stay up until maybe six o'clock in the morning every single night. And I would just study my Bible and I would test everything that I heard at Bethel against scripture. Mm -hmm. And the amount of unbiblical nonsense that I was being taught was so evident as I began to study more and more. And um you know, so I reached this point where I was like, something needs to be said. And so I started to go public. And, you know, I've, I've just been learning ever since. And so, you know, I would get one hour of sleep every single night because I just needed to know the truth. I needed answers. And I knew that I, I did not want to be deceived again. Right. And so I got my Bible and I didn't look back after that. <laughs> Okay, so how come atheism wasn't a possibility? Atheism. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, there. I, I. I'll be blunt. There's a, some people, and there's a percentage of them when you know they wake up and they say, "This is just nonsense." You know, yeah. they, they they not only become atheists, they become angry atheists. Like, yeah. you know, and like you know, we're going to go on YouTube and we're going to destroy Christianity, kind of atheists. There's a whole percentage of people who come out of movements like that. That's that's their story. How come that wasn't appealing to you? Well, because obviously it's all God that kept me from that path um, because I can totally see how it's possible. And I can totally see how it's possible to just go completely the other way and decide that you hate God and that, you know, you want nothing to do with uh, Christianity. But I knew in my heart and God convicted me to the point of sickness. So I knew that he was real. I knew that Jesus Christ was God. And I knew that the Bible was true. And I also knew that the Bible said that, you know, God has given me all of the evidence that I need to know that he is real in Romans one. And 
also that before, you know, I had this realization and I came to know God, my heart was um, a hater of God's truth. I, I didn't like his truth. I didn't really like who Jesus Christ truly was. And my heart was completely opposed to God. And so, um, or at least who he truly was. So I knew what the Bible said. And I knew after I was convicted that what was said was true about me. And so I knew that I couldn't go that way. And I knew that I would be lying to myself if I even tried to go that way. Right. And so, you know, from that point on of, you know, conviction, I just got the truth and I found it, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, my wife and I, when we uh, had our eyes open to the false teaching of the latter rain, um, it was it was practically instantaneous. And it was the word of God that opened our eyes. And, um, you know, and we realized, I mean, like in a second, oh my goodness, we're in a cult. And, um, at that point, you know, my wife asked the question, you know, what are we supposed to believe? Um, you know, and the only answer I can come up with at the time was, you know, I think the Bible's true, but I'm convinced we really don't know what it says, uh, because of how easily it was manipulated to make it look like it taught things that it didn't. Um, in fact, that, that's the skill that, uh, false teachers and wolves had that have that is very frightening is this uncanny ability to take the Bible and like, use it like a balloon animal, you know, look, it's a bunny, it's a sword, it's, you know, it's, it's a coconut tree, you know, it's weird how they're able to, you know, to manipulate it in that way. Um, so, all right. So you're, you're kind of backfilling quickly and you're not getting any sleep. Hopefully you're sleeping now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So, so, all right. So you're, you're, you're imbibing on MacArthur and all of the different resources out there by the people who contributed to the, uh, uh the American gospel, uh, documentary. Uh, all right. So, um, I'm sure as you started speaking biblical truth in the context of Hogwarts, uh, you probably were, uh, having your relationships cool down extremely. Did it become winter there in uh, in Bethel pretty quickly as far as uh, your relationships with your other students. Yeah, I mean, and it was literally winter when I had my eyes open to the truth. So, you know, um, yeah, it became very cold, very hostile. And um, not from my end, but from, you know, other people. And so it was like, I was I, I was showing the film American Gospel to some people that I was close close with, and it was so strange to me that these people weren't having the same experience that I was having. Um, and a lot of the, the people that I showed were in this hyper charismatic deception for much longer than I was. So yeah. you know, I've since come to realize that like the deception is so much deeper the longer that you're in it. Um, but you know, I was sharing all of this stuff on Facebook, and I remember. Um, you know, doing this public post to Chris Vallison, who is the prophet of, um, you know, Bethel School and their church. And it was about his book, The um, Supernatural Power of Royalty. And on page 114 of the workbook, he starts talking about how we have been given the power and the ability to forgive individuals, cities and nations of sin. So I can forgive the the nation of Mozambique of sin. And 
I asked him through Facebook Messenger if we could have 15 minutes to talk so that he could answer some of my questions in person at school. And um, he said, no, that's not possible, but I appreciate your hunger. And so, you know, I made the ability to meet with these people and it was denied. And so I realized, you know, there's not, there's not any going back for them. And what I'm concerned about now are these students and, you know, the, the people at their church. And so I'm going public with this. And so I started calling out Phil's false teachings of, you know, his false kenosis theory. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, the false gospel. I called out Chris Valentin for, you know, the blasphemous statement that we have the ability to forgive individual cities and nations of sin. It's almost, you know, like Roman Catholicism. Like well, we if, have if we have that ability, I mean, we could we could actually solve the sin problem. Like, just give me a few minutes. Give me a globe, would you? We're, let's get this done, you know. <laughs> right. I mean, and. That's really terrifying to think that, like, that's actually a thought in their mind because it's also so arbitrary. And so, like, what if I decide that I don't want to forgive someone of their sins that day? Are they just not going to be forgiven? Who is the forgiver of sins? It's Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's just super, super twisted. But, yeah, I went public with all of this, and I eventually got kicked off of the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry page um, because— I basically called someone out for a post that they put up about how they were laying in the school parking lot and someone used their leg as a Holy Ghost machine gun and was literally shooting people with his leg to get them drunk in the spirit. So, excuse me for calling it out. Excuse me. How dare you? Pardon. Hey. You clearly are blaspheming the Holy Spirit by denying that you can right. use your leg as a machine gun. Right. Wow. Okay. So winter has set in, and uh, now they're starting to tighten the circle at this point. Um, so um, class time, you know, um, I mean, did people stop having lunch with you? Were you, like, sent off to, you know, to eat your meals by yourself? I mean, what, what, what happens to you socially in this situation? And what's going on as far as, like, um, you know, family? I mean, d does your family think you've lost your mind? Yeah, well, at school, um, I felt like basically like a leper because I was walking around feeling like the girl who is unclean yeah. because, I was being told that I have this religious demonic spirit and that I'm a Pharisee. And so, you know, I'm walking around and it feels like everyone's looking at me and they're trying to avoid me because I have this spirit. And so that was really hard. And, you know, eventually I had no friends. Um, and so I was always alone. I was always sitting alone. And so, you know, it was really difficult. And, you know, my mom is the only person who is saved. And she has since also, you know, come out of the charismatic, hyper-charismatic deception. And, but at the time, she was still in this deception. And so when I was telling her about all of these things and telling her how God opened my eyes and led me to repentance, she was, 
you know, she was not for it at all. And she told me that I have the spirit of offense and that I have a religious spirit. So it was like everyone was coming at me and I was losing everyone in my life. And um, I remember like it reached a point with my mom where it was good. It was so bad. And obviously I don't want to go into the details, but like it was so bad. And there was such, you know, division that it was like, you know, for the sake of Christ, I have to be willing to love him more than I love her. And so I had to, you know, be willing to set all of these relationships aside. But, you know, praise the Lord that he brought my mom out of deception as well. And so, you know, we're fighting this this whole thing together. We're fighting for the faith, you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it was really, really, really difficult. And it still is difficult because there are people there that I truly love and had really, really close bonds with. And so it's it's really hard not to have those relationships anymore, but I still reach out. I still, you know, say, you know, I offer my friendship and, you know, this is the gospel and I care about you and I love you. And that's the only reason why I do what I do. It's not for attention or some kind of fame or because of pride or bitterness or whatever. It's not because of any of that. It's because I genuinely love these people and because I want people to be set free from deception like I was. Yeah. So, yeah. And all right. So, you know, it's winter set in You're you are, you are a leper. Now were you required to cover your mouth and say unclean, unclean while in the hallway. Um, <laughs> yeah uh, but you were made to feel like you were i mean so i mean you 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 and and that's isn't it so funny they immediately go to you have a religious spirit you have you know and and so um another aspect of this when i was in the latter rain movement uh deliverance and inner healing ministry was uh was a big thing the book pigs in the parlor was kind of our text um, you know, so if you have a religious spirit, I mean, the only thing that you could do, it, you know, in their way of thinking would be to submit yourselves to uh, be delivered of this religious spirit. Was there any pressure along those lines for that to happen to you? Honestly, no, there wasn't. Um, it was really, you know, we met and I met with the leaders of the school, um, not Chris Valentin or Bill, but I met with Um, a few leaders from the school, and they figured out really, really quick that they weren't going to fool me. And so they they were really just trying to set me up. Um, They didn't think that they were going to be able to take me through any sort of special prayer or sozo or whatever um, to try to, you know, deliver me from some kind of demon because I think that they realized that I saw right through that. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some people who, you know, are questioning things, they'll go through what's called a sozo. And everyone actually was supposed to go through a sozo before their mission trips. We all have a mission trip that we go on um, in first year. And so I was going to be going to Taiwan and I was going to go through the sozo and everyone on my team was going to go through the sozo. And it's basically, um, you know, a counseling session where they take you through this encounter of meeting the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and mending any brokenness that you might have 
in your relationship with anyone in the Trinity. And very, very, very strange. Um, but I actually got kicked out before I, you know, was going to Taiwan and uh, they kept all of my money. Um, they would not refund it. So, so yay. But yeah, Sozo is not good, but thankfully I never went through it. Okay. All right. So they, they, uh, they kick you out for being dishonorable. Uh, that's in March of this year. And mm-hmm. uh, as of the time we're recording this, it's uh, near the end of May. So you got uh, March, April, May, just a few months. Um, so where does one, how does one pick up the pieces and kind of put things back together after having so many different relationships, your, your whole religion, um, your relationship with God and others just smashed to pieces by, you know, the word, the, you know, and then the real work of the Holy Spirit. You know, how does yeah. one begin to rebuild in, in a situation like this? Yeah, the number one piece of advice, and, you know, it's not going to be mind-blowing, but it's the best advice anyone ever gave me. And I, I was trying to avoid church for a while mm-hmm. um, after this happened because, you know, I didn't want to be deceived again, and I didn't know at the time how to find a biblical church. Um, and I was also being forced to go to Bethel. Um, so when I finally like got kicked out and moved home, I realized that I needed to get planted in a biblical church. Um, but I didn't really know like where to look, um, and where to start, but someone actually sent me a website called nine marks church, mm-hmm. church, yeah. church, church, and, um, there's churches in, you know, everyone's area, as long as the churches apply and are approved, um, that meet these nine marks um, of biblical criteria for um, what would be considered a biblical church. And so I found um, a church. I go to um, a church just, you know, here in Youngstown. And it's, it's so refreshing to be in a church body where, you know, we're praying for one another. We're strengthening one another. We're growing in, you know, in knowledge of what the word says, we're worshiping together. And, you know, what I would really just encourage someone to do is, apart from your own personal time in scripture, which is super important, apart from your own personal time in prayer and worship and all of that, um, you need community. You need community to be able to hold you up when you can't hold yourself up, to be able to strengthen you and to pray for you. And, um, you know, to be a family to you. And so, yeah, community is super, super important, just a gathering and meeting of God's people. And, you know, it really convicted me when I read in Hebrews, um, where, you know, the writer of Hebrews says that we should not forsake our assembling together like some make the habit of doing. Yeah. We're supposed to meet with each other for a reason. And, you know, especially after you come out of something like this, you need the body of Christ, the true body of Christ, to, um, you know, help strengthen you and get you back up on your feet. So, yeah. And now, um, so uh, does your pastor recognize that what you've been through is pretty harrowing? Um, yeah. And, okay, good. Yeah, because uh, this is where um, those pastors watching. Um, you know, if you end up getting, uh, you know, somebody attending your church who, uh, watched the American gospel documentary or has been a listener to fighting for the faith or, 
uh, you know, listener to other resources uh, where they've had their eyes open and they've been deceived, they're going to come to you wounded and they're going to come to you asking a lot of questions. One of the things I have found, even in good churches, is that pastors can be threatened by questions. And, um, and you know, somebody like you coming out of uh, Hogwarts, you're going to have a lot of questions. Yeah. Um, and so you, 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 need a, <laughs> you need a pastor who's going to be willing to take some high and inside fastballs aimed at his head, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, so your, your pastor is able to do that for you. Yeah. I mean, he's such a blessing. Um, and, you know, I've asked him, you know, 5,000 questions and he's just so patient. And so it's really been just such a blessing from God to have a pastor like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would, it's, it, I want pastors to know, like, people who are coming out of this movement are so hungry and really just want to know the truth. And so for pastors who do take the time to sit down with us and help us work through these issues and through this deception, like we appreciate you and we really, really need you. So, yeah. Yeah. So my admonition to you pastors out there, get over your fear of questions. (laughs) Get over it because your fear of questions looks like you're hiding something. You know, somebody who's been deceived. It's like, ah, maybe I need to move on because I asked him a question and boom. Yeah. You know, know, just, you know, let, you know, our job as pastors is to disciple. And that that is an interactive experience, which means people need to ask a lot of questions, especially if they've come out of something like like this. So it sounds like, you know, you're, you're grounded at the moment. You've backfilled everything that you needed to backfill in the, in the moment. And, uh, the only thing you had to sacrifice was sleep in all your relationships. That's great. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so, um, you know, I mean, if, so anybody who's, you know, kind of riding the fence thinking, you know, I know I'm in a bad church. I know I'm being deceived. Uh, but I don't know what to do. I mean, what would be your advice to them in a situation like that? Because so many people, it's not a matter of whether or not Christ has opened their eyes. It's that they have, he has. And now, you know, they're kind of counting their costs. They're looking at, you know, what's going to happen. My parents are going to disown me. My friend, all my entire friend network is going to disappear. I'm going to be ostracized, you know? And so uh, they, they have a, um, let's just say, um, they're afraid to make that next step. And, and the whole time that they're now, now they're just walking through the motions because they know they're being deceived. So they're not, they're not really being pastored, taken care of, fed God's word in any sense, in any biblical sense at all. And so they're, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're kind of, you know, in agony and, and not knowing what to do. I mean, what would, what would you advise somebody who's in that situation? Yeah, um, it's really hard and it's a lot easier said than done. Um, But I think that to be able to step out from movements like this, you need you need just faith and trust in Christ. Um, And, you know, I had to really trust God in all of the decisions that I made and with every decision that I made, you know, I had to count the cost. And, you know, so every single time I, I said something or I spoke out, I realized, yeah, I'm probably going to lose two more friends for this, but Christ is so much more precious to me. And so really just 
getting to a point where you're grieved by your own idolatry. Yeah. <laughs> Just being like really blunt, like anything that is more precious to us than Christ is um, idolatrous. So, um, and that's not to be unloving or mean or outwardly, you know, intentionally offensive, but it's true. And so we're, we're constantly desiring to grow in, in love um, for Christ and hatred for our sin. And so coming out of something like this is super difficult, but, you know, it will, it will cost you everything. And so I don't have a ton of comforting words to give someone if I'm just being truthful, because there's going to be a lot of moments where there's no tangible comfort other than the word of God and knowing yeah. that, you know, Christ is for you. Yeah. And, 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 and I would even point out that scripture is actually quite clear on this. Christ himself is clear on this, that confessing him, believing him, truly trusting in him will result in families being divided against themselves, father against son, mother against daughter, you know, mother-in-law against, you know, you know, against son. It, it's just, the list goes on and on. And then you think of that one fellow who says, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go, but let me go first bury my dad. Um, right. You know, there and, and, you know, in a situation like that, you can see that they're breaking the first commandment. You will have no other gods. And, yeah. and so we, you know, a good way to put it is let's call it what that is. That is idolatry. You're yeah. looking to those things for your good rather than to Christ. And right. so you've, you've made those things, you know, those people, uh, your connections, your whatever you've, you've made that into your, into your God that calls for repentance. And when, when your hands are completely stripped of all of these things and you have empty hands, it's fascinating how, Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, knows that it is not good that you are alone, and he will begin to put back into your hands uh, relationships and people who now, rather than pull you away from Christ, will encourage you and and, and be counterparts within the body of Christ for building you up and uh, and taking care of uh, your, your, your differing needs. And you'll even have a role within the body of Christ to serve, uh, your, your, you know, as yourself. So, um, and you don't have to have that thorny thing of wondering is what I'm believing or what they're doing flim flam and nonsense, you know? So, right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, I want to thank you for your time and for uh, coming on a uh, fighting for the faith. And we will continue to pray for you as, uh, as Christ continues to kind of sort everything out as you're, <laughs> You know, you know, trying to figure out how this all works together. And, of course, one of the things you've said a few times was you don't ever want to be deceived again. And, and I truly understand <laughs> that. And at the same time, you have a heart for reaching out to people who are deceived. You know, it, it's, you, know you have your own YouTube channel. Uh, you and I have talked. I'm trying to you know, convince you maybe a better place to record your YouTube videos would not be in your car. But <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be recording in my car anymore. Yay! <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's my small contribution. But um, but, uh, you know, but uh, one thing I've noticed about your videos is you do your homework. And uh, before you, uh, you before you put a video together, you're you're scouring the Internet, getting everything, uh, all, all your ducks quacking in a row. And uh, and and, you, you know, you, it seems to me like you're doing a really good job of making sure that when you have a biblical counterpoint, 
that you're also making sure that you're bringing the right scriptures to bear. And, and so, uh, you know, I will continue to encourage you along those lines because uh, the power is not in us. It, the power is always yeah. in the word of God. And as you rightly pointed out, that the gospel itself is the power of God unto salvation. And so uh, continue to, uh, to share with joy the, the truth of scriptures and warn people about the wackerdoodles out there because, unfortunately, there are a lot of them. So yeah. Yeah, it seems like if you, you want to start working this part of Christ's vineyard, oh, there's plenty of work, plenty of work, few, <laughs> few work in this side. So, you know, I, yeah. I would encourage you along those lines. But yeah. thank you so, so much. And thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll extend it. We'll have an open invitation. You know, maybe from time to time we can check in with you and see what kind of crazy things you're uh, you're working <laughs> on next. So. Yes, that'd be awesome. All right. Well, peace to you, sister. And again, thank you for your time. Uh, Lindsay, what, uh, your, your YouTube channel is, uh, is, is it just Lindsay Davis? Is that what it is? Yes. All right. We'll put a link t- t- down below in the description to uh, Lindsay's uh, YouTube channel. And, uh, and as soon as she puts a video out where she's not recording in her vehicle, then you know that it's <laughs> because the pirate talked to her. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, all right. Thank you, and uh, peace to you, sister. All right, thank you. Mm -hmm. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com, or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at pirate Christian. Till tomorrow, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ and his vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.